Welcome to the Biology of Trauma podcast, the show that provides professionals with the knowledge and tools for effective science-based solutions for the trauma healing journey. I am your host, Dr. Amy, and I've done the hard work so you can stop your endless searching, have a roadmap for your own work, and be able to help others more powerfully. so broken, you know, and my body had physically crashed. I couldn't even get out of bed. And I just remember the fatigue was so heavy. I had high autoimmune markers and my body also hurt really bad because I had had two fractures and two surgeries of my right collarbone in just the last year. And I was also coming out of the hardest thing, the hardest thing that I've ever been through with my adopted son. And I just remember my body was so broken and I felt so lost and I couldn't escape my inner grief and pain anymore as all I could do was lay in bed. It was definitely the all-time low for me. And welcome to this episode of the Biology of Trauma podcast. I am your host, Dr. Amy, and today's guest is Alex Howard. This episode is from a fireside chat with Alex, where he asks me questions that no one has asked me before. In this podcast episode, I'm going to share my life and my heart with you. I'm going to be a bit more vulnerable in this episode and share with you pieces of my story and my why that most of you likely don't know about me yet. And may this fireside chat, my story and my why bring you hope and inspire you on your path and your why. First, let's start with talking about, okay, what do we even mean when we say trauma? Trauma is normal. And let's, let's start to normalize that just so that we can have a very different conversation about it and not have this big stigma around it, but just be like, all right, what do I need to do? What are the tools that I have available to address the nervous system, to address the stored trauma, to address the biology that's got me stuck? really wanting to have a very different conversation around what is trauma, because I, I see that everybody has had trauma and it's just a matter of, have you had the resources and, and the tools to address that? So it's no longer running your life, <laughs> but you're actually being able to live, live your best life. Amy, you can do the right things with the right intentions, with the right practitioner at the wrong time and make things worse. Absolutely. Yes. That, I mean, that was what I did. I didn't know better. And so I, I feel like I, I did every everything wrong. <laughs> Had to learn that by personal experience, Alex. <laughs> so, as and Thank you, people, for sharing, by the way. I appreciate people being willing to share in, a, in such a vulnerable way in such a, a public forum. I think it really helps us, again, recognize that we're all connected, in a sense, in our own personal experience that brings us to this. And I should say that my interest in this area came because I had ME chronic fatigue syndrome as a teenager. And that was an incredibly challenging experience. And the, the gift of it was it catalyzed me to go on my own healing journey. And I'm fortunate enough to be here having run one of the um, world's leading interactive medicine clinics, the Optimum Health Clinic for the last 17 years. But one of the things that I really appreciate, um, Dr. Amy, about, about your work, as I mentioned um, right at the start, not only have you got the experience working on the psycho-emotional side, but also a double board certified uh, physician, certified in functional medicine, 
working with trauma for the last 10 years. And I think one of the key things we're going to get into here, as a physician, as opposed to a psychiatrist, the recognize that trauma is not just something that happens in our mind or in our emotional body. Trauma is something that becomes stored in our physical body. And I know we're going to come into that, but perhaps as a starting point, just to, so we, I think sometimes people can use some of these words in a way they could be talking about different things. So just so we have some real clarity here from, from your perspective, when we talk about trauma, what are we actually talking about? This has really been a game changer for me because when I started first looking at trauma, it was this big, confusing, complex thing. My son had had trauma and it, and it was overwhelming to the, to the point where it's like, I didn't know where to start. And so as I've studied it and as I've looked at the effects that it has on the body, I've been able to land on something very simple, <laughs> a very simple definition of trauma. And that is anything, anything that overwhelmed the system. That's it. That, that, that's it. And from there, we can look at, well, what are the factors that overwhelm the system? And then we can start to look at the different categories of, well, if you have this, you're going to be closer to overwhelm. If you have this, you're going to you know, have a predisposing risk factor for overwhelm. And so then when this happens, well, you're already at that near that set point of overwhelm that then your body goes into that place. So it can be physical, it can be emotional, it can be psychological. It really does not matter. There's a combination of external factors, but also internal factors, whether we have imbalances, whether we have uh, nutritional deficiencies, whether we have some of the copper, whether, you know, all of these internal aspects that a person doesn't even think about because we have so made trauma just psychological that we haven't realized how much our internal environment influences that line of overwhelm. And so anytime our body crosses that line from stress to overwhelm, overwhelm is synonymous with trauma when it comes to the actual body and how it is stored in the nervous system. Yes. So hopefully, hopefully that's a that's a easy that's an easy way for people to understand what is trauma, anything that overwhelmed the system at that time. And of course, the impacts of that overwhelm can be different in different people. But there certainly are certain patterns that that we see. We see, and I, we saw some of this um, in the comments a few minutes ago. But perhaps speak a little bit to some of the different health issues that you see in people that have this underlying stored trauma. Yeah, great question. And this is something that I started noticing. So I actually started my career, my medical career as a surgeon. <laughs> I don't think that many people know that that part of Amy. I used to be a surgeon and I still have that mindset of, you know, like, hey, let me let me create a plan for exactly how I'm going to go in and I'm going to cut this thing out. I'm going to redo this. I'm going to move this blood vessel over here so that this part of the body gets blood. My mind still works in that way. And so that's kind of how it came to think about trauma. And as I'm seeing all these patients, first as a general surgery resident, and then later on in more preventive medicine and family primary care types of settings, I started seeing overwhelm all over the place. And I started recognizing, wait a second, like these are the same patterns in a person's health in the nervous system that I'm seeing over here as well. Why am I seeing this in health conditions? And so some of the top health conditions that I saw them first would be anything regarding the digestive system, <laughs> because the vagus nerve really gets impacted the most when it comes to that trauma response. 
the vagus nerve runs the digestive system. So some people will go more towards uh, IBS and diarrhea and not absorbing things. Other people will go the other extreme more in terms of constipation and uh, food sensitivities and bloating and pain. But anything related to the digestive system really is part of this sign of, hmm, we've got some nervous system problems here and that's going to be, a, stored trauma is going to be a big contributing factor. But then... But then, and especially after I started studying with Alan Shore and his study group for the attachment regulation piece, I started seeing, wait a second, like all of these chronic fatigue, the, the fibromyalgia, chronic pain, all of those things are strongly associated with this overwhelm response and the body literally going into a energy conservation state as a result of overwhelm. And so we start to see that all of these physical health conditions are somewhere related on that spectrum. And either a person spends a lot of time in stress mode and maybe they've got high blood pressure, maybe they've got uh, some, of, some of these features where they, they are anxious, they've got insomnia, but then they can have the overwhelm features and those diseases are gonna be the anything where anything that's related to fatigue and depression and just that heaviness that the nervous system brings in as a survival mechanism after trauma to, to get through life without having to conserve, without having to use up a lot of energy because it feels like it's overwhelmed already. So those are the kind of categories that I break all diseases into so that any disease really falls into one of those two categories, either the stress response and that sympathetic or they've now gone into overwhelm and this chronic freeze response that I, that I call it. And the fibromyalgia, the chronic pain, um, weight problems, eating problems. This is where you get into the emotional eating just because there's so much going on in the body that it's overwhelming to the brain and it kind of has to numb the, those sensations out. And so it's reaching for coping mechanisms in order to do that. So we've gone over a bit of what trauma is and how it happens and what happens in the body. Let me share with you now my story and my why. How does one go from being a general surgery resident to creating a new framework for trauma work with protocols for addressing a biology of trauma? Alex leads the conversation as we go into my story and my why for what I do, what I do. So I think folks are wondering a bit more about you. I think it's, it's like that. What's the journey that a, a surgeon and a physician goes on to become have so much expertise, let's say, in this area? And I know that it wasn't just a, a theoretical interest. This was something that became an important part of your own journey. So I think it'd be great for people to hear a bit about that. Well, I mean, my story really started when I foster parented and then adopted my son, Miguel. So he came to me when he was four years old and he came to me in October. I still remember the day, still remember all of that, right? Those are memories that, that we always remember. And he had a lot of emotional and behavioral issues. He had had a rough life. He had had a lot of trauma. And then six, seven months later, I'm actually adopting him. And part of my story is that he is no longer with me. And that is something that, mm, like, that's, um, that's one of these experiences where I wouldn't trade it for the world, right? Um, because he changed my life so much. And I was able to, to be a powerful influence for helping him heal. 
he was with me for six years and and we did like we we figured out we finally figured out all the pieces that he needed in order to heal um, a lot of his pain and be able to actually feel my love and and be in that relationship and then um, having to make the very very painful hardest hardest decision of my life to transition him to a family who would be better equipped for his next journey in life. And that's a big thing, right? And that, and <laughs> that's a really, big thing, really, Alex. I can really feel your the love and and the you know to mm-hmm. realize that mm-hmm. what he mm-hmm. needed at that point was something different, and mm-hmm. that sometimes mm-hmm. we can be the right person for a chapter or a few yeah. chapters of somebody, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. something else is is what's needed, and that takes mm-hmm. a real um, courage and a real depth of insight mm-hmm. to be able to recognize that. And looking back now, Alex, I um. <laughs> Still, <laughs> uh, looking looking back, I can see how that kind of was what led me then to my own journey and having to look at my own stored trauma that I had never seen before. Because I I would have been that person who I can I can do this, you know, I can be a single mom, I can be a general surgery resident, and I can be taking care of a kid who has special needs and all this trauma. And so to get to that place where, um, like you say, being able to kind of hold him in, in open, open hands. That's, that's what I, that was my mantra at that time, right? Like open heart. I'm going to, I'm going to love him, even though our relationship is really going to change and I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be his mom anymore. Um, but I'm not going to close my heart off to that. And that was a really, um, a lot of personal work on my part. Cause that was my natural tendency coming from my childhood. Let me protect my heart. Cause it's going to get hurt. Um, so, so open heart, I'm going to, going to love them all the way until all of that transfer has happened and open hands, right? Like not, not controlling things and coming out of my childhood. That was a big <laughs> personal growth work for me because part of, part of my, uh, you know, stored trauma is that no, like I need to, I want to control everything, right? Like everything has to go just right in order for me to feel like I'm okay, that I'm lovable, that, that, that I haven't been a failure. And so, what happened to me after that was that I'm dealing with all of this emotional stuff, right? Just having made that, uh, that transition, sitting with all of that, all of that, every, everything that you can imagine with that. And then I go visit my sister and I break my collarbone. Wow. <laughs> and that combination, Alex, is what threw me into this chronic fatigue, autoimmune, uh, chronic pain pathway that I even had to take a medical leave off of work because I literally could not get out of bed. And and so it's it's kind of like one of those examples where it's like it's multiple things. By the time we're in this place where we're anxious, we're depressed, we're stuck, we've got health issues, but we're, we can't seem to really move forward much. There's not just going to be one thing. It's It's been an accumulation of things and stored trauma is at the very core root of that. It's kind of what led everything to come into place. But by the time a person is there, it's not just going to be, well, go take this one pill, go take this one supplement, go, go deal just with your Lyme. No, it's, it's the Lyme and it's this and it's this and it's this. And we've got to actually work with the stored trauma and, and um, help you rewire that. Because if we don't address that, that's just going to be feeding the fire <laughs> that, that you're trying to put out. So that's, that's my story. 
And I just want to acknowledge the courage and just looking at some of the comments, I can see that people have really appreciated it. Melody says, you're so brave and courageous. And Betty <laughs> says, an amazing story, good for sharing. And I think, in a sense, we're all here, we're all connected because of what we've been through, right? And the challenges. And, and we don't become experts by sitting on a pedestal and saying, I'm so wise, I'm so wonderful. We connect with people by being real and by being truthful and by recognizing that we're all on a journey and that journey doesn't have an end point. It's a journey that that mm -hmm. we live and, and that yeah. that is also part of what mm -hmm. makes us who we are in the best of us as well mm -hmm. as the, the, the suffering. Mm -hmm. Yes, all of that. <laughs> there, there is no way that that I, I see myself as this, you know, like super wise person who's above it all and I've never experienced anything. Um, no, like I, I have been in some very dark places uh, with my son first, very low places, didn't, didn't see how, how I could ever um, help him with the amount of issues that he had. And then with myself, right? So, so no, like I, I am very, <laughs> I have been humbled, Alex. I have been at a place where, you know, coming out of my childhood, I knew that I knew everything. And I, I had to have my very low moments in order to, to, to be humbled and to be like, all right, I'm here to learn. I'm here to learn. And then whatever I can share from my personal experience, I am here to help other people with their journey. So I, I, I've got so many questions I'd love to ask you about this, but I'm also mindful of time and the, the different, there's a lot we also want to cover. I, I'd love to move a bit to, so in all of your experience, both from your personal journey, but also as that's translated into your work as a practitioner and working with people with trauma one-on-one -on -one and, and, in, and in different ways, what would you say are some of the pitfalls that people experience when trying to address store trauma, but okay. they don't know what they're doing? Like they're, they're trying to do it without a guide and without without a map. What what, what oh, are you're talking about me? <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're talking, talking about, about what I tried actually. to do. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was me. I was like, I, I can figure this out, right? I'm even a doctor. I can figure this out. And what I did not know really hurt me. What I did not know going into my son and that experience really set us back. If I had known this stuff before then and had gone into that relationship, knowing all of this, it wouldn't have taken six years to get him to a good place. So, what what are the what are the pitfalls that that I did and that I see a lot of people do um, before they come and work with you and me, right? One of the pitfalls would be latching on to uh, one thing that they think will fix everything. Kind of like what I talked about before, where they they find one thing that that is wrong and they latch on to that as if that is their only thing that they need to focus on and address. And a lot of times what they're focusing on is some of the downstream effects rather than the upstream causes. And the downstream effects are the actual symptoms, right? So whether it be digestive system issues or anxiety issues, sleep issues, pain issues, fatigue issues, they're focused on the fatigue, not what's actually causing the fatigue. So they're, they're putting all this time, all these resources into fixing a problem without being able to address like what's actually fueling that. So they're going to get, they're going to get stuck in their journey and not be able to make much progress. But then another pitfall that I see people uh, do, and I did is we try to, we try to do too much too fast. 
for example, one thing that people will do too, too much too fast is a detox. So they, you know, we get this idea and we're being told on social media all over the place, right? Like detox, you need to detox. Detox is one of the more dangerous things to do when you have stored trauma because it can bring out all of these toxins that are directly toxic to your nervous system. And so in the short term, it can really make symptoms worse. The other thing, the other pitfall that I see is trying to go from chronic fatigue, like I went from, you know, being in bed, not being able to get out of bed, but I want to go climb, climb Mount Everest and I want to do it tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to wait. I don't want to be told that this is a, you know, several months journey, several year journey. No, I, I, I never wanted this to happen. So I'm bitter just about the fact that I have fatigue. I'm bitter that I can't be out there doing this. And I want that, I want that now. And so we, we throw things at it. We're like, okay, I need to go do therapy. So l- let, me, let me do it all. Let me go do these big things. And we put our system back into overwhelm. And any again, kind of going back to the definition of trauma, even if it's a good thing, if you are putting your system into overwhelm, you're putting yourself back into that trauma place and you're going to be stuck. Your nervous system is going to be stuck. It, it, so, it's, it's almost like people try and solve the problem with the yeah. kind of that that played a role in causing it, right? Exactly, exactly. Without without knowing any better, right? right? And this is where I really, I really want people to be able to start with understanding the three states of their nervous system and just start with identifying which state of that nervous system do they spend most of their time, which state of of their nervous system are they in right now? And then being able to give them tools to shift into that parasympathetic state so that that's that's the the primary thing. Because when you are in that parasympathetic state, that calm, alive, grounded, centered, you're going to be making your best decisions. And you're going to have that sense of intuition of, ooh, that is too much. That is That feels like a good next step. But we, we try to make decisions, right? This would be the next pitfall. <laughs> we try to make decisions for our health from when we're either in a stress place or when we're in an overwhelmed place. And when we're in an overwhelmed place, the types of decisions that we make are ones that are going to be shortcuts. Because I don't feel like I have the energy. I don't have the energy to do all the research about this person. They say that they're great. I've heard some things. So I'm just going to jump on board with them without having done all of all of the work that I would want to do in order to really make sure this is the next best step for me. Or, yeah, any any of the decisions coming out of overwhelm are always with that mindset of let me have a shortcut because I, I don't have the energy to do all of all of the work that I feel like I should do to make that decision. But then we also work off of stress. And the decisions that a person makes about their health from a place of stress is very much like, I have to make a decision now. So let me, let me stay up all night. Let me do all of my research. Let me, you know, let me put this pressure on myself. And then I've got this deadline. Okay, let me, let me make this decision now. And so either one, it's going to give us results that, that really are not going to usually work out best for us and, until we have the tools to actually shift our system to parasympathetic. But I'm sure, you know, from your clinical experience as well, most people who've had chronic diseases don't even really remember what it feels like to be in that parasympathetic state. They have no reference point for that. 
So, yeah. you know, we're, we're trying to tell them, hey, you know, don't don't rush this decision. Don't don't be trying to go for a shortcut, but they don't know any different. Like that that's all that they know how to do. That's all their system currently is wired for is to go back and forth between I'm feeling stressed, okay, I'm overwhelmed. Oh, there's a deadline. Okay, I'm going to feel stressed and then I'm going to go back into overwhelm. They they don't know what parasympathetic feels like and that's and that's a big pitfall that happens in um, with with this work. And thank you for joining me for this podcast episode. Now you know more of my heart and my life. You know, we each have our story. And if mine speaks to you in any way, may it be for you a source of hope for a better tomorrow as you do the work today. I will continue to share what are those things that you need to know to have a clear path forward so you don't have to be as lost as I was on my healing journey. And just know that I see the fire inside of you. I see more in you and I am cheering you on, cheering you on for you to answer the call for rising to your best health and your best self and showing up in the world with your important why. Thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to subscribe. We definitely will learn, laugh, and sometimes cry together on this healing journey, and you won't want to miss an episode. Give my podcast five stars, share it with a friend or colleague. If you felt an impact as it truly helps get the word out and breaking the paradigm of how we do trauma work. I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Until then, this is your host, Dr. Amy, sending you lots of love. Oh,